Cerruto, try it again. Fans on the feet, 6,000 in attendance. The payoff is flied into right field, going back at the warning track, at the wall. It's gone! Go ahead, three-run home run for the senior! Peter Cerruto has given the Indiana Hoosiers the lead! Welcome to this media availability edition of Talking Hoosier Baseball. Today is Wednesday, February 14th, 2024. Two days before opening day at the beach, the media met with junior center fielder Carter Matheson, announced Friday starting pitcher, sophomore Braden Reisdorf, and head coach Jeff Mercer. Yeah, Carter, you guys have got a lot of strong competition you guys are going to be going up against. I guess what's kind of the main takeaway you're looking to get from this weekend? Yeah, we'll learn a lot about ourselves. You know, this is why we come here. We want to face the best of the best, so we're excited to see how it goes. Carter, you had 20 starts last year, both on the in the field, both in the corner outfield spots. How have you developed playing center field this year? Are you comfortable out there? How has that been? Yeah, I played uh, center all summer, and I, I've grown up playing center field, so I love it out there, and, you know, I'm excited to play there. Braden, we kind of saw you last year kind of be using a, in a ton of different roles. It sounds like this year you're being built up a little bit as a starter. What is there sort of a, an adjustment for you mentally that you have to prepare for for that? Yeah, I'd say the biggest adjustment is just getting your routines right. Like, obviously, as a reliever, you just go out there, and whenever your name's called, you start getting ramped up. But outside of that, it's pretty much the same thing, just going out there and competing. Is it more deliberate? Is it a little bit more calculated than, like you said, kind of a reliever would be? I'd say it's almost easier. You have more time, so you can take as long as you need to get ready. Brayden, how are, how are you feeling about your secondary pitches? I've been loving them. I've been throwing them with strikes, and that's all that matters. I mean, it doesn't matter how good your stuff moves. If it's in the zone, it's going to play, so pretty comfortable with it. So you describe yourself as a starter. Like, a lot of us know you as the guy coming in. If we didn't know you in high school, some of us right. know you in high school, but well, how would you describe yourself as a starter on the hill? I would say just a power pitcher. Like, I'm just going to throw strikes, give my best stuff, let the defense work like harder out there. Because, I mean, when you have nine guys like that out there, it's pretty easy to do well. Is there a little, a little bit more importance when you're going through the lineup multiple times now that you get kind of a feel for your, your secondary pitches other than just being able to overpower the fastball? Oh, of course. I mean, obviously you need to be able to land off-speed pitches, keep the hitters off timing. But, I mean, all you really need is if you got one of them landing, you can just mix it up. And as long as you execute where you need to throw it, you're going to get weak contact, and that's when the defense does the rest. This is for each of you. You know, the last couple of weeks in practice, anything stand out for you guys in terms of team building and how the lineup's kind of taking shape? Yeah, I mean, team's looking great right now. We bond really well together. We have great relationships, you know, both both on the field and off the field. So we're just uh, getting ready to play, really. I would say the hitting's definitely took off. I mean, they've taken a huge step in the last couple of weeks and made it tough for us pitchers, but it's been fun. Braden, with Luke on the shelf this season, has he been anything to you this offseason helping you get ready to transition into more of a starting role? Uh, yeah, I still talk to Luke a little bit, and he just kind of helps you more with the mental aspect of being a starter. Just because, I mean, obviously it's a little different going out there, and like you know your job to go out there, and you got to try to get four or five innings for your team. So a little bit on that side, but outside of that, not too much. With not having kind of like a set rotation, how much communication is there? Like, do you know kind of what the plan is for the weekend, or what's that like? And is there any uncertainty? How do you deal with that as a as a pitcher? I mean, you just got to deal with it by just being ready whenever you can. I mean. You might throw in the ninth inning of one game, and you might start the game after that. You just never know. So just always being ready, waiting for your name to get called, and just going out there and giving your best stuff. Because it doesn't matter when you throw. It's still the same thing as long as you just go out there and treat it the same. 
Carter, he mentioned that, you know, the hitting has really taken a step forward over the past couple of weeks. Is that something that just comes with reps, or is there something that you think it's a little bit changed or or has really improved over, over the past couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean, it's just getting your repetitions in. You know, we show up every day, we do our thing, and, you know, once the confidence really gets to you, that's when it kind of starts to take off. So I think a lot of hitters have gotten, you know, a lot more confident over these past few days, and, you know, just getting excited for the season. The opening statements are always my strength. So, <laughs> I'll give you a shot, Eddie. Yeah. No, it'd be good. You obviously playing three postseason teams, and you're trying to go out and, and challenge a team, and you, know, you feel like you're prepared, but you don't necessarily know until the, the bus ride back or the flight back, and then we'll kind of figure it out. But uh, it's been good. It's been a good off season. The guys have worked really hard, and it's time for the coaches to step aside, and time for the players to go out and play, and they'll take it where they're going to take it. So I, I am. I do look forward to. Uh, you always get a bunch of feedback, and then what you actually, what you think you're good at, may not be what you're actually good at, and then you go out and play and kind of find out and get better. So, there's my shot at the opening statement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last week was just talking to you about the, the first baseman. I guess have you kind of reached a decision yet on, on who that spot's going to? Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, most likely start with Brock at first and Stadler catch. Uh, Jake has actually had a really good off season. He's had a really good last month. You know, he, he's improved a ton. So um, he's capable of doing it. He had a little bit of a hiccup with the throwing, just had a little bit of an, an arm injury, but was pretty sore. So that kind of threw a wrench into things a little bit. But the last two or three weeks, he's thrown really well. His arm feels healthy. He feels good. He's a good thrower. He just hasn't been necessarily healthy. Um, and so you're able to start there with, with Brock at first. Uh, and then Saturday, we'll probably go Brock catch. And then Sunday, kind of a TBD, we'll kind of figure it out from there. Shepard, Shepard's doing well uh, with throwing. He's just not quite ready to catch. And so then um, TJ Schuyler actually has missed about a month. He had, a, had an injury. So he just got back in the last week uh, from, from the injury. And he had an injury in this fall, missed about a month. So he just missed a lot of time throughout the course of the year. So it kind of, kind of came to a conclusion. And Jake's played great. Jake's played great. He's earned it. I mean, he's been the best guy. So... He'll start behind the plate and then Tibbetts at first base. Uh, and then on Saturday, we'll go Tibbetts behind the plate and then Sunday, we'll kind of go TBD at that point. And with these kind of preseason tournaments where you're playing a lot of really good teams right off the bat, is there a sort of pitching rotation that you have in mind or knowing that each game is important, do you just kind of throw your best arm that you have available? Yeah, we'll, we'll start Reisdorf on Friday and, and then kind of like we've typically done is Everybody will be up on Friday, and then whoever doesn't throw on Friday would then be the best available would then start Saturday. So we'll, we'll start Reisdorf on Friday and then a TBD for Saturday. Uh, and then Sunday, obviously, whoever doesn't throw Saturday would then, would then start on Sunday and kind of open it up from there. So, um, it, it, I feel good about the group, but the, the pitch counts are limited. So it's when are you throwing your three to four innings? Are you throwing them? on Friday or Saturday, let's just make sure we stack them up. And you think you know an opponent, you think you know Duke a little bit, they have, they have several transfers, you think you know them until you get two or three innings in and all of a sudden you, you have a lot more information halfway through on Friday. And so you may, you may switch gears and go to somebody else. The score the score is dependent upon what you want to do. And then obviously if you have a chance to, to close it, you, you, you would do something differently obviously. You would look at Foley as an opportunity to either close that or then start one of the next couple of games. You just, you just want to put him in a position to, to be the most impactful that he can be.
I mean, we did that last year, the last done several times over the years where you, you open on Friday and then when you get your shot to win a game, you, you go for the first one first and we'll worry about the rest of the weekend after, after you try to get a win. How much have you leaned on your veteran group to kind of lead? Uh, quite a bit. I think uh, it's nice having a lot of the offensive guys back, and so you have more you have more buy in a lot a lot, a lot of philosophically from the training where it's it's hard and and there's a there's a there's a, a difficulty level to it that's a little I think a little bit unique, challenging, and so your your upperclassmen are able to kind of pull guys along and tell them you know it's going to be okay and. And, and this isn't, uh, you know, it's all going to work its way out. So that part helps. Uh, you Obviously, your temperament as a coach, how you interact, how you communicate, your temperament and your coaching style, it's nice to have older guys where they can kind of, you know, keep everybody on a, you know, calm and cool when I'm hollering and yelling and, and those things. Uh, you know, how, how to manage the day-to-day workload and expectations has been good. I think you'll really see that part come once the season begins and just – you know, the, the 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 beginning of a season is just that. It's just a start. It's a long journey. It's hopefully 60, 65 games plus, and you're playing for a long time. So I think that part will, will, will be helpful where the last couple of years with so many young guys, you're all, you feel like you're always explaining that hey, it's, it's a long journey. Don't, you know, don't ride the waves. Like, yes, you were terrific today, but let, let's be humble enough to know the game's challenging and, and, and recover and be very good tomorrow. Or, you're 0 for 4, you're not the worst player ever, or you walk three guys with the worst player ever. So you're communicating a lot more of that, I think, having a lot more veteran guys now where they can kind of help handle and shoulder that burden. But they've, they've done an excellent job. They've really – everybody wants to have good leadership. We we just, as coaches, we have to be active participants in helping to create an environment that is conducive for leadership. And, and then communicating with those guys behind the scenes, uh, providing feedback and structure for them, and then supporting them when they do take it. And, you know, I just, you know, I had to have our team meeting and just said, you know, our time as coaches is, is over. And from the standpoint of having to direct and lead everything, and now it's your time to kind of take it and run with it. And we'll be there for guidance and information and feedback. But good teams are led by coaches and great teams are led by players. And it's been that way for 100 years. It'll be that way for 100 more years that they're going to have to take it because – I have no eligibility left, so I can't go on the field. But you're maybe searching for that more for the pitching staff. Like you have to be a little maybe more hands on now with them, with that group, without yeah. kind of the guy with, with Luke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, especially just I, I, would, I think you're right. I would say that's an accurate assessment, especially with that sophomore pitching group is very talented, is very good, but they're still sophomores and they they haven't started, they haven't done 70, 80 innings. You know, they haven't. You know, when when you look at Reisdorf, I don't think through the opening series last year, forty in travel, uh, and so you start talking about being a guy that starts and is going to go five or seven innings for 15, 16, 18 weeks. That's a that's a lot. Everybody wants to throw on Fridays until you realize what it's like to go through the door first and and, and do those things. So uh, yeah, it, it you're just communicating and helping them to understand what what leads to success. That's not. It's not always stuff, right? Stuff is part of it, but it's deception. It's timing. It's managing. It's not allowing the beginning to go uh, because you're able to execute pitches and hold the runners and pick up a bond and and some of those things. So yeah, that's I would say that's 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 a fair assessment. 
since you've been outside almost the entire season, um, you've got a good chance to kind of evaluate how your outfield off, how your offense defense is, is performing. How, how would you, how do you feel about them right now? It, we are, we are better. We are where I would hope we would be at. I don't think we're good enough to where we need to be yet, but where we're, we are where we should be in a progression to go and still be, a, to be a really good outfield. Um, so I, I will continue to push in that regard, but I think Carter, has taken several big strides forward, um, going into the gap, coming down, his first step reads, making plays at or near the wall. He's, he's done a good job. He, he's where he needs to be at to continue to trend in the, in the right direction. Uh, Devin has really settled in nicely to left. He does a really good job of, of managing that position, so I feel good about that. And then and then Mitchell and Colopy and right and center, those guys. Morgan can play anywhere, and, and Morgan when Morgan will play. Morgan's going to be in there whether it's because of an injury or be it because of an opportunity for one of those guys to get an off day and DH that day and he goes out there, you, you just know what you're going to get. You're going to get one of the better finishers in the country in Morgan, and, he, and he's, a, and he's a, a good offensive player. He's dutiful there as well. But uh, Mitchell's gotten a lot better. He's been able to settle into right a little bit. Having the glove hand to the line is, is helpful. He's done a lot better about getting downhill on balls. Uh, when he came in, he, he wasn't very – confident coming down and, and making some of those like shoestring low catches or ball to the line but he's he's really improved his practice hard so I, I I'm, I'm happy with where we're at I know that we need to continue to get better on some of those fringe plays uh, especially when the pitch counts are lower for guys and so you're not gonna you're not gonna ride four or five guys for the majority of the game there's gonna be different guys in there. there's gonna be matchups there's gonna be balls put in play and we're gonna have to go make some plays so we need to get it off the ground. We need to get it off the ground. We need to make a few plays. And again, okay, in football, I talk about, you know, you need to get hit and, and we need to go make a few plays and get it started. But uh, I, I think we, we're, we're in a better place than we were this fall and we're where we need to be at to continue to get better. But the weather has been a big help. You're right. To piggyback off that, where do you see Andrew Wiggins' role with the team right now as a freshman? He's gotten a lot better defensively. He's a really good thrower. He's got a great arm. His, his relay throws have improved a ton. I think just understanding of what you're trying to accomplish with your relays, getting outside has been a big help for that. We're able to do scrimmage a ton and do cuts and relays so you're able to see the game in, kind of in, in all of its color and reality of what it, what it looks like and how that impacts the game. His, his ability to go get the ball in the gaps, go back towards the fence, has gotten a lot better so long and athletic. And so typically for young guys, the, the thing that keeps them off the field is not the offense, it's the defense. So for him, he's gotten a lot better defensively. So I feel much better about putting him in a game from a defensive standpoint today. And, and then offensively, he's, he's on his path. It's just, it's a hard transition. It's a hard journey uh, to, to make the jump to this level. And, you know, for, for him, as with any young guy, you, you look back, Devin Taylor didn't play for the first month. He was, I think he was one first, first 11 and didn't play for a month. And he just kept getting in there and getting his shots and, and kind of working his way through and Tyler finally he kind of had his break. And Tyler Cerny didn't play for the first three or four weeks until he kind of finally got his break. And then he played really well and took his job. So Andrew will fall in line with with kind of the, the same the same blueprint that the rest of those guys have, have followed where you have a really talented player on a really talented team and he'll be given opportunities when when uh, the when it when it's conducive for success. And when he gets in there, and he'll be evaluated kind of on, on what he does and how he performs in the moment. But he's going to have to work while he waits a little bit, like a lot of those guys have. But what I what I would say is, as a coach, just structurally, when you look at a guy, could this guy be an everyday guy? Um, could he be someone that obviously is a 
the difference in a pinch hitter DH, but to, to be an everyday guy, you got to play defense. And so he's been able to play defense at a much higher level. Um, but he'll start with pinch hits and start with DH opportunities and good matchups. And and then, you know, maybe he comes in and pinch hits and he ends up in the outfit for a defensive replacement late. And if you want to have a bigger role, you have to do the job that you're doing at hand. You have to do it really, really well. And then you get bigger and bigger roles. But he's been a great teammate. He's been a great kid. He's been a really, a really improved defender. Uh, and he's still finding himself offensively, but but certainly very capable. We've seen Carter primarily in the corners and in the DH role in your offense and defense both. He mentioned playing center all summer. What have you seen from maybe that carrying over into the fall and the spring that, that gives you the trust to, to put him out in that, in that center field position? Yeah, the, the center, playing center in the Cape is different. Uh, from And I went, I went out and saw him in the, in the summer. I mean, you look at a lot of the Cape fields are small, uh, and then they're using wood bats. So the ball doesn't get as high, and the fields aren't as big. And so if the ball's over your head, a lot of times, obviously, I have smaller fields as a homer. And the balls aren't as high because you're not using not using metal bats, and so you've got wood bats with better pitchers on smaller fields, and so there's not as much there's not as much room when the balls aren't as high, and so he had a good summer in the Cape, which was obviously you know exciting and, and good indicators, uh, but what what really has led the confidence and me and the confidence in his teammates has just been his seeing his work since he's returned uh, in in the fall, so. He came back in the beginning of the fall, and obviously we had followed. He was—I thought he was still average to begin the fall defensively. Um, I didn't think he got outside of his funnel great. I didn't think he went back great, um, and and I thought he was—he was an average thrower just as far as accuracy. And so it was better than it was, but I didn't think it was where it was at today. So you go you go through that competition. This is not to be critical. It's just the reality of evaluating a, a player. If a coach ever loses the. The, the trust from the clubhouse that he's going to put the best players on the field on a day-to-day basis, then you lose a clubhouse. And so you have to evaluate uh, uh, honestly and fairly across the board. But when you watch Carter over the course of the fall grow and, and get his butt kicked and, and, and get challenged and pushed, and I watched Coach Weatherford and I was with those guys, and, and obviously I coached off it for a long time. So I, you know enough to watch it. And he just got better and better and better and better. And they ran and pushed and pushed and, um, and he's improved a bunch. And so I would say going, you know, coming at the end of fall, I thought he was, he was better, but I didn't think it was good enough. Um, but really kind of pushing the last month or so he's, he's, he's pushed himself into a position where you feel confident when the ball goes up uh, that he's going to be able to go track it and make a good play and communicate and manage it. There's just so much more that comes with playing center field, uh, then, then you know, looking good in the uniform and looking the part. There's leadership and communication and guts and all those things, and he's done that. He's done that. I feel confident about it. He's 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 worked. He's challenged himself. He's competed, and he, and he's earned the opportunity to go out there. And, and now you have to go do it. And then we start the process all over again. Now the game start. And you have to go do it in a game. And and he's going to make a mistake, but how does he get back up? And how does he? How does he compete and, and, and go and and keep that job every day? So I feel good about where he's at. But he had to, he had to earn it every day, and and to his credit, he did. Uh, and obviously, you're 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 wanting to do it, you're pulling for him. Uh, but it wasn't one of those things where you hand a guy a job and say, "Hey, it's yours. You you have to go earn it." And every and everybody does every day, and you can't ever lose that belief uh, in the from the players in the program that everybody has to go through it the same way. Uh, Duke Coastal both you know consensus top twenty teams. Just curious what you've overheard from some of the players in the clubhouse and. To, in anticipation of you know a really big weekend, 
You know, the players haven't talked about it, but I was taking my son to school this morning, and uh, we were here talking about it. He, he likes numbers, and so uh, I said, you know, we were just making conversation, and I said, what do you what do you think of our chances this weekend? Do you think we're going to go and win? And he said, I don't know, Dad. You're not ranked. And I said, <laughs> I said, what do you mean? He said, you're not ranked. He said, well, the other teams are ranked, and they're better than you. And so I said, well, what if we win? He said, well, then you'll be ranked, and you'll prove me wrong. So, um, you know, he would know. The guys haven't talked about it, but uh, my, my, my son, uh, he, 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 he kind of set me straight on that. So, no, it hasn't been much of a conversation. I know the guys are excited to go and play and compete and kind of see where they fall. But they, they um, if they talk about it, they don't talk about it around me, which is an abnormal you know, um, they talk about it with the other guys, but not, not always the head coach. Does your son have a player to watch this season for you guys? Mm, he likes AJ Shepard. He likes Luke Sennard because they work youth camp. And uh, and so he has fun with those guys uh, at youth camp. But he's just kind of just, he's just kind of getting into it a little bit. So he doesn't, doesn't quite know. I think this year will be a big year for him. He'll really kind of start to, he was five, five and a half, which is a big deal. You, you can't forget the half. It's a huge <laughs> point of contention. Uh, but, yeah, probably A.J. and Luke. Obviously, opening day is a special. Um, as far as a lot of the freshmen coming in, it's new for them. It's 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 something special to go out there and play those yeah. teams. You schedule the way you do on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Carter mentioned, that's why we come here, right? Yeah. We want to play the best of the yeah. best. Yeah. And do you really stress to them how important, is it more the win or is it the performance? The way you schedule, you're not going to win every game. Right, right, right. Well, I, you're just telling like I want to. We want to be the best team we can be in the last month, and so to do that, you have to go challenge yourself, and you, you have to be, you have to be strong enough and confident enough to, to go and to fight it out. And and I just told him, you know, kind of before he came out here was, is all I expect, all I ask is that you give your absolute best effort. I think our best effort is, is is. Uh, there's a standard that's higher than a lot, a lot of times than, than we expect of ourselves. Like I, I don't want to hear I didn't know the answer. I don't want to. I don't want to hear that I missed the sign or, uh, you know, I, I went back on a line drive with two outs. Like those are the things that we you've got to be able to uh, hold yourself high enough in, in regard to be able to make sure you're in a in a place mentally to be able to execute those. Winning and losing will be a will be an outcome of that. But what. What I think what you have to do as a coach is you have to put your guys in a position that when they're not giving their truly best effort, they're not completely locked in, that they fail. Because ultimately, that's what's going to happen. We get to the we get to the last six or eight weeks. If you if you don't know the outs, if you miss the cut, if we can't drive a runner in from third base in less than two outs, you lose the game. And if you lose four to three, you still lost. We did a lot of things right, but we did a lot of things wrong. We still lost. And I think a lot of times what happens is is we try to shield we try to shield them from it. As a coach, one because it's our own ego. We're trying to we're trying to, you know, shield ourselves from the scrutiny of it. But in shielding the kids from well, their confidence or the scrutiny you, you take as a coach when you lose, or hey, what if it goes sideways? What if it doesn't go as well as you want? Well, then you're you're you can't sit here and tell the kids honestly to their face that we want to try to compete at the highest level because we're not willing to go do the challenging things that prepare them to go play in, in the postseason, to go play in the Big Ten tournament, to go try to go play well at the end of the year. And so that's always been our stated goals. Like we want to be able to compete at a national level. So then we have to pick up and go play at that level. And and, and it's right. Like when I make a mistake as a coach, when I when I go to the wrong guy, right, I forget, you know, there's two outs and I have to be in no doubles, that, that there's that negative repercussion. And you don't ever forget that again. And if you want to beat those guys, you have to get on the field with them and you have to find out what they do 
And then I, you know, I always say this, there's no new ideas. It's just well applied stolen ones. So you go out there and you play against somebody that's really good. And then you steal all their good ideas and you put them in your program, but you got to get on the field with them to know what they do really well. And I just think it's hard sometimes. I know it is. It's hard sometimes, but you grow so much faster from it. And, and again, if that's your stated goal to go compete at the highest level, then we have to go through a process that would make that a reality. And it is, it's hard, but it's in the long run. If you can stand it, if you can handle it, 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 it makes you a lot better. And the kids love it. And I love it. Yeah, right? You want to go. They seem so excited. They, yeah. they, they love it. I love it. It's exciting. You want to go and, and match wits and, and compete. And, you know, it, it, it um, it's, it's a lot more fun that way too. What about the prep for something like this? I know the past few years, it's been a series at LSU, a yeah. series at Clemson, a series yeah. at Auburn. Yeah. And now you got three, yeah. you know, yeah. Prep time with Denton and, and Bland. Yeah, it, it honestly, we I try to do one series that's like a tournament style, mm-hmm. but that third weekend that that's such a big tournament yeah. that it was it was it could we couldn't turn it away. So we had the coastal weekend first, and then that weekend came up, and when they reached out and asked us to be in it, um, and so we we didn't want to walk away from it. I do really I think it's very important to put them in a true road environment. Because it, you're, you're going to have to pick up, you know, we go to Nebraska this year. Well, the first time you play in front of five, seven, eight thousand people can't be the first time you do that. And so you need to go, you got to get them on the road. You got to have fans hollering at them and calling them names and, you know, all that, all the stuff that comes with it. They have to feel that, um, that, that kind of heat. And they also need to feel what it's like to play in a, in a regional setting, right? Okay. So we're going to this weekend. There's, there's, there's four teams. We play three opponents or different opponents. They didn't feel what that feels like. I usually think one is enough this year, just to kind of where they're following up with with two of them. Um, and but we, you know, obviously going to going to Baylor will give us that true road environment. And then having having Troy here is a big deal. You know, you're you're going to have a really really good team, a, a top twenty five caliber team at home in the in the in the in the preseason, which is a which is a challenge, especially after the the non count that we played before that. So. That it that was it was a little bit different the kind of the preparation of how to make the schedule work. It yeah, a little different unique. this year. No. It's a little bit different, um, but it, it wasn't necessarily on purpose. It's just the way that it fell, and it felt like for the exposure of the program going and playing in that tournament that third weekend was all 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 eyes of college baseball will be on that, on that tournament that weekend. Nice. So that that would be a big deal for us to go play and, and, the, and the kids like those as well. Anything else, coach? Um, with 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 catcher and, and first base kind of being TBD on on Saturday Sunday, I guess kind of in your mind, what's going to set one of those you know four guys four four first basemen from getting getting that spot in those reps? Well, a lot of it has to do with how honestly how Shepard responds to his throwing. He's been he's been good. He's he's a, he's a very good first baseman. Defensively, he picks the ball really well. But we just kind of have to see a little bit of like how his arm feels. Going into this week, and not to put too much pressure on him, but you have a you have a responsibility to put your best team out there, but also put your make sure guys are healthy and not expose them to, to risk of injury uh, unfairly. So a lot of it has to do with that, and then also you kind of watch the game offensively, you know, and, and I guess defensively too from the from the first day or two. So tentatively, it'll be like I said, Stadler on Friday and Tibbetts on Saturday, and then you know if somebody plays exceptionally well, it makes your job a little easier on Sunday. Um, if if you know AJ is able to play, uh, you know first base, then that makes that that decision a little easier going forward into Sunday and then Tuesday of next week. Um, but I try to keep a really open mind as we as we go into the weekend and just kind of watch the game and how it 
how it kind of uh, matriculates. Joey B has been been really good at first base the last week or ten days. He's kind of taken another step, as as you would assume. A guy broke his wrist and missed three months. Uh, broke his hand and missed three months, and then is just back for the last six or eight weeks. So he's gonna he's gonna really make up that ground late. So if Joey ends up in the game, I'll still feel really good. He's he's gonna be an excellent player. So. We'll just kind of watch uh, watch the game Friday and watch the game Saturday and, and make a decision kind of based on who plays well and who's comfortable and then uh, AJ's, AJ's health also, or just capabilities of how he feels. It's going to be hit and miss with AJ a little bit. There's going to be some really good days. There's going to be some days where his arm's kind of cranky, uh, but he's, he's, he's a great player. So we'll, we'll yeah, just make sure we put him in a good position to be successful. Indiana faces Duke in Conway, South Carolina on Friday at 11 a.m. on ESPN+. See you at the beach.